Welcome to Trapping the Cheese Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, breaking down theories, and simply enjoying cheese in a trap webtoon. Some episodes will include fans like you and me joining me for a one-on-one discussion, a one-on-one talk about characters, theories, specific seasons, and so much more. Be sure to check out the website trappingthecheese.com and to subscribe to this podcast right now on whatever platform that you are listening to it so you can join the conversation. My name is Tutar Cassie and I'll be the host for season one of Trapping the Cheese. I hope you stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Trapping the Cheese, a podcast dedicated to cheese in the trap webtoon. Today we are joined by Mary Trey. Mary Trey is an avid reader and fan of Cheese in the Trap. Before jumping into our talk today about Jung Yu, I had to find out how did Mary Trey come across Cheese in the Trap and what made her a fan. She wrote me back this message and I'm going to read it to you guys. From Mary Trey, I came across Cheese in the Trap on Webtoon while searching for something new to read. Jung and So looked nice to me, so I thought let's give it a try. At first, it wasn't easy to piece things together, but I was rewarded with a story I've never read before. Very realistic, but still somewhat a mystery. Great characters in a story with a puzzle-like construction that requires thinking and doesn't spell out everything for the readers, leaving a lot of room for my own interpretation and discussions. If the story became difficult to follow, there were always helpful comments that pointed out the vital bits I was missing and needed. And I'd love hearing and reading other people's comments and thoughts on this webtoon. Signed, Meritray. So that's a bit about our guest today. So for our very first talk, we are going to be discussing Chung Yu, one of the main characters in Cheese and the Trap, a very big character and she's in the trap so this episode this podcast episode guys you guys are just going to hear us talking just a normal discussion between friends not really focusing on any key points but more so on the beginning of Jung we will discuss a bit about his relationship with So with the Beck siblings and even go into his relationship with his father of course guys as we all know Jung is quite quite a complex character he has so many layers to him that this episode is only the first of so many parts to come about Jung Yu. so here's a bit about him Jung Yu makes his first appearance on season one chapter one of cheese in the trap webtoon he is the only son of a wealthy family and his family runs z enterprise as far as we know he has no siblings and he is in his fourth year of university when we first meet him in chapter one, after returning back from serving in the military. He has a father who is alive and a mother who is also alive, but overseas. That is our character. The biography and details on Jung can be found on Cheese in the Trap Fandom.com. You can also find it on the Trapping the Cheese com blog site. Let's get started. It's all right though, but today I'm super excited because today we're going to be focusing on 
the star <laughs> of this webtoon. Yeah, he definitely makes this webtoon. He's really unique. He is. So tell me, do you remember like the very first time we came across Jung in this webtoon? How he was presented to us the very first time. I believe it was episode one and it was in the flashback that So had when she, when she returned back to school. Yeah, I think we saw him in the, in the very first chapter. But I don't think anything was suspicious about him there. Yeah. I was like, it was right after she met the, a week after she met the fortune teller. And they were all sitting down and he was introduced to us as, even then in that episode, you see So just looks at him like, okay, like who is this person? And I would have never thought he would become the type of character that he has been throughout the whole entire webtoon. It definitely caught me off guard. Yeah. The whole webtoon caught me off guard. I never, never expected such a story. It's really something very different from the usual stories. And that's mainly thanks to the characters and the way the story is put together. That I have to agree. I was like, it's not often you see somebody like Jung, who is the rich, handsome, smart guy. And based on the comments and based on a lot of readers... They've portrayed, a lot of people view him as the bad guy. And normally the rich, handsome, smart guy is the hero or, you know, the one everybody wants to get with. And it was the complete opposite in this webtoon. Do you think that might be? Yeah. He gets a lot of hate. And that makes me like him even more. Maybe even excuse some of his bad behavior. Okay, I, I know he's no angel, but nobody is. I actually think he's quite normal. <laughs> I actually do too, which always confused me when people call them a psychopath. And I actually looked up the definition of a psychopath. And for me personally, he doesn't fit it. And so, like, what do you think about the whole entire, hey, him being a psychopath um, theory being thrown out there. Yeah, and that's much more complicated. And we are no, no doctors or specialists who can even try to determine, determine such a thing. So it's even, even difficult for them to tell what, what, what issues someone have. And sometimes they can only guess. So <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to try without any special knowledge. That is true, because Webster says, okay, Webster Dictionary says a psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy for others, antisocial, um, somebody who fails to learn from experiences and lack the ability to love or establish meaningful relationships. And for me, I'm not even before so... Um, the main character got involved with Jung. He showed he was able to maintain and establish meaningful relationship. There was the character, I forgot his name, but the one whose mother was sick and Jung helped him out. Yeah, I, I can't pronounce his name. 
But I know who you mean. Yeah, and I was like, to me, that comes across to me as a meaningful relationship that Jung has with somebody outside of the Beck sibling and even outside of so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's proof that if he, if you are a decent person, he, he will leave you alone and even be a good friend to you. They've been helping each other a lot, I think. His friend is a bit too a bit too easygoing and forgets a bit about studying and Jung is just the opposite so they balance each other a bit he needs a bit of nagging from Jung to do his share you remember the English study group he came there to help he came there especially to help him and I guess he knows this problem of his that's why he came and that's why the friend asked for his help Mm-hmm. And even in season three, when they had the, the, the second group project, he needed a bit of nagging from Saul. But he, but, but he did his share. He did. Well, yeah, he did do his part of the work and stuff, which always, like, shows the dynamic, because that character, I've always wondered, how is it that he was able to maintain that type of relationship? Because Jung is the type of person, he don't tell you when you are crossing the line he don't even tell you where the line is set in regards to you know a relationship with him i'm guessing it might be a cultural thing where he expect you to assume or for you to know because i've always seen that as that was the main issue with his relationship with the Beck sibling there was a sort of line that he put and the siblings continued to cross that line at the boundaries that he was willing to extend to them. I don't know if you ever like saw it the same way. I, I think it, it was also an issue that the way the siblings were brought up, they, I don't think they received proper upbringing. And I, I think that, that was an issue as well. Because they simply didn't know basic things like what you call, call others or what is too much or, or not taking this or that. Well, we could see also even with people who were quote-unquote raised a bit better than the Beck siblings such as um, Shanghai, they still tend to cross that line with what they would ask Junk and how they took advantage of him you know we have all these college university students who have zero to no regards like or consideration to how he may feel just basically taking full blown advantage of him solely because of the a well first of all because of the nice guy persona that jump puts out but also because they're like hey he's rich so why not take advantage yeah I, I think it was the whole reason they brought the siblings. Uh, they sort of lived in that, that he's rich, so why not? Why not come over? Why not do this? Why not do that? And because they didn't have anything, it seemed okay to them. And I can somewhat understand that, but then again, it seems a bit too much. And I also think Junk has really much patience 
he puts up with so many people and, and, they, and they, they just leech off him and he's okay with that. Even with Sancho, that, wow. I hate that guy. <laughs> Me too. I was like such a user. But I say exactly what you mean and stuff. I mean, it's been instilled in Jung ever since he was a child that he should just basically, because of his wealth, um, allow people to walk all over him and take advantage of him just because he has money. Money looks brains. He has it all. And he's, the pr he's proof that money and riches... No, doesn't necessarily make you happy. That is 100% true. I don't think he was really happy. Wasn't, and as we can see also, the amount of effort and energy he puts into maintaining, I can only imagine how draining that was on him. I mean, from the moment, he, looking at it, honestly, looking at it, he, we could possibly say, John never had a traditional normal-ish type of childhood, you know? Always expected to be perceived a certain type of way did not allow for him to have a normal-ish childhood. Yeah, no, no childhood at all. He was expected to be a small adult from a very young age. I'm, I'm not sure met meet him first. I mean, in a flashback. I believe he was like about six between six to seven, because he was enough for him to be able to talk and communicate. And I remember the episode you're talking about with the little girl. She had to be about five to six. So Jung was like a year or two older than her. And that whole entire scenario, him acting like a within that age group, you're still considered a toddler. And the fact that his parent, well, his dad, I can't even say parent because his mother's very absent throughout this whole webtoon, but we'll get back to her. But in that particular... I don't really understand. Or is it because he's a boy? That could also play into it, as I'm not too sure how the culture is over there, but in traditional American culture, they would expect for him to quote-unquote man up and <laughs> allow the young girl to get away with a lot more. So, I can see it also being a cultural thing to where he would get scolded and she would just basically, oh, you know, pat on the back, even though she is, actually, she is the one who was completely in the wrong. It wasn't until after the fact that nobody wanted to acknowledge that Jung too had feelings and how he was affected by it that he decided to take action and handle things on his own. Some people thought that the, that little girl is Ina, but I don't know why they had this idea. I don't know either, that, because that was a party for rich people. And I was like, no offense to the Beck siblings, but they are perceived as children who grew up outside of the inner rich circle. Also, Ina is two years older than Chang, and not a year younger. That is true also. Guess a lot of people missed that part. Yeah, we didn't get the pro character profiles. Yeah, until like way later, I believe. And it wasn't even from the creator. I think it was like regular fans like you and myself 
who was creating these profiles to break it down for us? Uh, yeah, uh, no, it was the creator. It was Funky who, who made those, but they were uploaded in bonus episodes and such. Oh. And we, di- we, we didn't get those. There were like at least two in each season, I think. And we got only one, the, the black and white chapter in season three. I think at the beginning somewhere. Yes, I remember. Which, right. Well, that's, that also brings me to, um, you know, Jung's relationship with his family. Like, we see his father has a heavy influence on him, whereas his mother, she lacks involvement, you know, based on what the webtoon gives us in his life. I think throughout the whole entire webtoon, throughout four seasons, I've heard, I have never seen his mother, but I've heard of her two to three times max. And for me, that's always been a concern. Uh, and that, that was one of the facts I learned recently, that in one of these specials I was talking about, question and answer and such, it was mentioned when, okay, she's away a lot, but not to the to a degree that he would miss him too much. So it's not like he, he was, he grew up motherless. And I, I thought that was interesting. Tunki just said she is not important to the story, not really important to the storyline. And that's why she doesn't appear. Okay, she appears like two times above, but we never see his fa- her face just from the back, her chin and such, when they are arguing, and always in flashbacks. Because we see how his father, you know, played a role in Jung's, you know, mental manipulative, you know, side. And I've always wondered, like, where does his mother influence, you know, play into it? Is she the reason why he hasn't gone all the way, you know, over the age, I mean, over the edge when it comes to how his father brought him up because his father really is the main key player in forming how Jung sees the world and even how he behaves with other people. Yeah, yeah, I think it's his mother, his mother's influence. Uh, in season four, there is a flashback where he has a plane ticket and he goes there to visit his mother. So that, that's why he has the plane ticket. Okay, I remember that was the episode where he was deciding whether or not he will be continuing his fourth year overseas. Um, and he decided not to mm-hmm. study overseas. I don't remember that. There was an episode think- where he was sitting down and he had the tickets in his hand and he was um, talking to his mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the plane ticket was, he, he was going to visit his mother. So that, that's, what, that's what the plane ticket was for, as far as I know. In the English one, they made it seem as if um, he was planning or she was inviting him to come study abroad for his last year. And he was in that position contemplating whether or not he would do it. I never knew that. I, I remember she told Saul sometime that his mother keeps telling him to come to the States and study there, but I never connected it to that chapter. His father's influences was definitely the more detrimental 
to his to his growth, to his childhood, and even into his adulthood, the father. And one day we would discuss, one day I want to go ahead and just break down the father, his relationship with the, you know, with Dr. Beck, um, the Beck siblings' grandfather. And one day we're really going to have to dive deep onto why he keeps putting, pushing out his own perspective and his own issues onto his son. I think because he was so so worried that his son has to go, go through the same he did, I bet. He had some bad, really bad experience and want to, wanted to avoid his son experiencing the same at all costs. And that backfired really badly since his son didn't have the same problem he did. But he thought so. Basically created a problem out of nothing. Uh, he was a bit... Chung was a bit more intelligent than the average. He might have a tendency for these problems. He's also a bit too sensitive, just like Soso. Yeah, he worsened all of it and created other, other problems on top of it. Imagine if, you know, he was left in an environment where he was raised in an environment where he was just allowed to freely be himself and not have to suppress um, that side of him. Like, Jung would have been a complete, completely different <laughs> person. Oh, I wonder what, what kind of person he would have become. Maybe not as interesting, but much less painful for him. I want to go into, like, the difference between... um. His relationship with So versus what we saw at the beginning, you know, in those flashbacks and stuff. There's a lot of people who throw out that, you know, Jung is super childish. I don't know if you agree. I do see he have a lot of childish tendencies that. Yes, yes, he has. <laughs> he masked them very well, but I'm like, even how he treated so at the beginning for simply laughing because there was no implication as to why she was laughing at him but the fact that he made the assumption that he did and then he decided to hey I'm gonna pick on her <laughs> simply because of that um I think it came off, off to him as you come to me and greet me with a smile yet you laugh at me so that's a bit odd, something like the other leeches would do. But that's exactly what Jung, in a sense, do to his classmates. He smile, he laugh at them, and we. But I was like, that's something he never would say to any of their face. He smiles and he puts on this persona as if everything is all good. But the reality is, he also thinks all of his classmates are below him. I think he had some sort of interest in her from the very start and and it was a bit disappointing to see that she's like the rest and he picked up that she saw through his mask so he also felt threatened by her. You know, there, there is this, this glasses guy who keeps attacking him yes. for no good reason. Yeah. yeah, but he, he improves in later, later seasons, but yeah. And he never felt threatened by by this guy. Simply because, I picked up, that up from comments, that uh, it's because he, he never saw through his mask and saw it. 
maybe that's the key to that, that he realized that she, she saw, saw, he saw the real him and she didn't, didn't like what she saw. I do agree because I think it was confirmed when So did attempt to try to talk to her friends about him and I think that's what confirmed it to Jung that hey maybe she do see me because I don't know if you remember but it was the episode and so was like to her friends um isn't he a bit weird to you guys and they were all looking at her like like what do you mean and I believe word got back to him because it just confirmed his biggest fear which was that hey somebody knows the truth it was no other than Sanctual who carried yeah. the, that, that back. Of course, it had to be him. <laughs> uh, that that makes things made things were even worse. Yeah, cause he exaggerates. He's he's gonna exaggerate and add even more flair to whatever was said, just to be his normal, arrogant, annoying self. Oh, I'm I'm not sure if the stalker is worse. Nah, I. I don't like either of those. Neither the stalker nor sanctual. Oh, what is it? Would you say, okay. And I just want to know, like, you could use by, you could be biased in this question. But when it comes to the Beck siblings, looking at it like if you were in Jung Shu, um, would you have reacted similar to how he treated them? Or were they supposed like were would you have been more accepting and more open armed or because I noticed that a lot in the comments people tend to blame for the Beck siblings um downfall and I've always wondered like if I was in Jung's position how would I react to somebody like them taking so much from me even though they have so little nonetheless you know you're taking from me yeah, is it okay to take so much just because I have? Because just because he's rich, is it okay to take so much from him? Join us for part two of Who is Jung to find out how much is too much when it comes to someone like Jung Yu. Rich, smart, handsome, popular. He has it all. So is it really wrong to take from him? Thank you for joining me for this episode of Trapping the Cheese. The music in this episode was created by L Soundtrack. Her music can be found on popular websites like Sub-Zero, The Witch of the Book, and so much more. You can connect with L Soundtrack on Instagram at L underscore Soundtracks. Remember, you can also be a part of the discussion by heading over to TrappingTheCheese.com and signing up to be a guest on this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of Trapping the Cheese with your host, Toontalk Cassie.